do want to invite up Stuart Beveridge is here. Where are you, Stuart? Over here. Stuart's going to come up. And Stuart is part of the rapid response team for the Billy Graham um, chaplaincy right across Australia and New Zealand. He actually oversees all of that. And Stuart is literally about to head off tomorrow to head down to the bushfires. He spent six months of last year, I think it was, away from home. Three months, sorry. Three months away from home last year, just travelling around, part of all the different crises across Australia. And Stuart, as he's about to head off, part of our Bridgman family here, right on the front line of the bushfire crisis there, sharing God's love and hope. And so I thought it'd be great just to get Stuart up, so to share how we can pray for him and pray for the situation and how can we be a part of helping that. Can we just put our hands together and welcome Stuart as he comes to share this morning. Hey, good morning, church. It's a real privilege for me to be part of this family where there is so much prayer and encouragement and, uh, and people interested in what we do as a ministry. I fell into this role uh, back in 2013, have been part-time and now full-time as the manager for the chaplain teams that stand alongside Samaritan's Purse in the aftermath of floods, fires, cyclones, natural and man-made crises as well. Uh, part of that travel last year looked like uh, spending a week in Christchurch after the, fire, after the shooting there in the mosque, uh, two months up in Townsville. Uh, with the deployment team up there after the floods. And then we've been chasing these fires since uh, September last year. We've had teams moving around the south of Queensland and northern New South Wales. Uh, so now it's time for us to uh, stand up again and we're, we're getting involved in Victoria, in southern New South Wales and in South Australia. So uh, we're standing up everyone that's available and uh, we'll be leading those teams. What we're about as an organisation is helping people get back into their homes, um, cleaning up, their yards after a flood or a fire or something like that, standing alongside them, supporting them, praying with them. Um, and we see God at work. In, in the midst of that physical, practical work, we earn the right and the opportunity to share the hope that we can have that God has not turned His back on our country. In fact, God is present in every situation. And uh, to, the, to the glory of God, we saw six people put their faith and trust in Christ last year in the Northern Rivers region uh, as our chaplains moved amongst them and did that ministry there. So I'll be leading a team that is now, we've got Canadians and Americans on standby to come and join us as well, as if they didn't have enough to do over there. They, they recognise that this is a historic situation for us as a nation and, and they want to support us as well. So uh, this is really about giving God the glory and pointing people to the hope that we can have in Jesus in the midst of a crisis. So I, I know that I'm going to be prayed for and our team's going to be prayed for and I just thank you uh, for your interest. Uh, you can support us in different ways. You can pray for the people that are on the ground in the recovery, the, the fireys and the emergency management people that are monitoring and, and managing the, the big sense of the disaster. And please be praying for us that God will open doorways of opportunity and that we'll be sensitive to the, what the Holy Spirit is saying and actually have the courage to step through uh, into those opportunities. And if you'd like to support us in a financial way, if you go to samaritanspurse.org.au, uh, then there's a, a donate page there. And that, that is a 100% donation that goes straight to uh, helping people get back into their homes and providing equipment and, and a material and resources for that as well. So, yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm leaving my son here for the week. Um, yeah, pray that he will be okay here. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's having to go up batching, so we'll see how that goes. Thanks, Stuart, so much. 
um, that, that uh, appeal is what we are going to give towards as a church. So samaritanspurse.org.au, bushfire appeal, you can click on there. So if you're looking for a way, you're thinking, I want to give financially to help, as Stuart said, this will go directly to help the frontline work there, bless those that are being affected by these fires. So if you're looking to do that, that is a great cause to give towards. And we're going to pray now. I'm going to ask the pastors to come up. We're going to just pray a special blessing, lay hands on Stuart as he prepares to go. But as we get ready to do that, I just want to encourage all of us here, we're just going to spend a few moments just to pray for the bushfires. As Stuart said, this is a historic time. The devastation has been just too hard to comprehend um, as we see the news reports and hear from people who are on the ground down there. And so I want us to just spend some time as a church praying for those affected, praying for people like Stuart and churches ministering on the front line as well as our emergency services. So why don't we bow in prayer? If you know the person next to you, you might just want to pray together. If you know them, you feel comfortable to do that, just just a, a minute or so just to pray for this and then we're going to pray corporately for Stuart. So let's just bow in prayer and spend some time praying for this situation this morning. And so, Lord, we pray now for our nation, Lord. We pray for the nation of Australia. Lord, we need your help. We need, Lord, for you to come and draw near. We pray that you'll have mercy on us as a nation, Lord, that you would come. Bring rain, we pray, to these fire-affected areas, we ask. We pray for, for your comfort and your love for those who have been affected, Lord. That they're grieving at the moment, that they don't that can't understand, Lord, trying to process what's going on. We pray for our emergency service workers, Lord. Give them strength, Lord. Give them wisdom. Help them, direct them, keep them safe, Lord, as they work in these very treacherous situations. We ask, great God, help our leaders, Lord, in all areas of of government and in and, and regions, Lord, overseeing these areas. We pray that you'll give them wisdom as well, Lord, and understanding. Help them, Lord, as they lead through these situations, we pray. And we want to pray for our brother Stuart here this morning in a special way, Lord. We ask for an anointing of your Holy Spirit over him. As a church, Lord, we commission him for this very important task right now. Ask Lord, that as well, you'll give him strength and energy and wisdom and opportunities, Lord, to share your love as they coordinate teams and mobilize people. May, Lord, as we've already heard, the opportunities that you open up through this are incredible, great God. We thank you for those six people already given their lives to you. We pray that story will be multiplied many more times, we ask, great God. We do pray that. So bless the work down there, we pray, for the churches on the front lines as well, Lord. We commit it all to you now, Lord. Pray for your help. Pray for your safety for Stuart, particularly, great God. Pray for his family as well back here, Lord. Also, great God, he's away once again. But we just pray, Lord, that you will intervene in this situation. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we just encourage Stuart as he prepares to head down? Be great. Amen. You can be seated. And church, we are really blessed to have um, Pastor Billy coming to bring the word to us this morning. So I'd love it if you could make Billy feel really, really welcome as he comes to share with us. It'd be great. Oh, thanks so much, church. I appreciate being here this morning and uh, appreciate your welcome to me. And um, as fortune would have it, I've landed, uh, been asked to come and you're in a series that I think began last week. Um, it's a series called Summer Psalms, and I'm really, really conscious this morning that I have no right to talk about um, songs, because I'm a terrible singer. And essentially, the Psalms are, are like the greatest hits, you know, the compilation of 150 songs that guided and inspired and told the story of the Hebrew people. 
And so uh, I was reminded as I was getting ready to come and share that uh, I, I, I have no right to talk about singing um, because I'm not a good singer, as I said, and the proof is in, in this place. Uh, some, some of you won't realise, but um, my wife Vicky and I, we joined Bridgie in about December 99. And in those early days, I actually somehow got caught up in the kids' ministry. And um, there was, in about, I can't even remember the date, 2003 or somewhere there, there was a Brisbane-wide event called Kids Games. Has it, did anyone, anyone heard of that? Kids Games. And so, um, as part of that team, it was part of my responsibility to help make that happen. And it was three amazing days. It was the biggest kids, first kids program, I think, perhaps, that, it, that it happened like that, attached to the Brisbane um, region. And um, we'd had these three amazing days, and it was going to culminate in this really big get-together of all the people um, at Bundle, at the Entertainment Centre. So we'd put in this big effort. We'd had a big team, bigger than we'd ever had before, and sort of heading it up. And, and, and those that know me know I can be a little bit go by the seat of my pants. And um, I remembered at the very last thing, the very last day, we'd had these three massive days with 100 and something kids, which at the time for us was unbelievable. And uh, I remembered there was a song, it was an anthem that you had to have had a go at because you were going to sing it at Boondle. And so I quickly gathered the team together. And, and when I say anthem, the person that wrote it was passionate about music, and I knew that, and I wanted to be respectful. So I wanted to have at least a, have a go at it and get a feel for what it. I'd never heard it before. Never had a go in front of the team with it. And so I gathered the team. I said, we need to have a go at this. And he'd composed it himself. So there's three big days with these kids. Had a great time. And, and so we gathered. I said, team, come, we've got to look at this song. So I remember being in, in the auditorium that used to be the main one and we had it up on the big screen. Now, I'd like to think that I'm a speaker. I know about the microphone, where to hold it and what to do with it. But I guess big three days, didn't know what was happening. And I had my team there and we were looking at the screen. I said, righto, let's, let's sing this song, you know. And so it got played, this in dramatic introduction. Whew. And I let down and I was looking and I, I'd never heard the song before. And I sung it like that. <laughs> it was a fairly long song. A lot of, lot of stuff going on in it. A lot of that stuff. I don't know what the technical word is, you know, like up and down things. And anyway, caught up in it, trying to be respectful to the person that composed it, wanting to have a good, represent Bridgie well. Finished it, I think that's what I did. And I turned around... And I don't know how many helpers we had, 40, 50 people. And honestly, I thought, wow, what an impact, because people were crying. <laughs> I thought, wow. Some had raced off. I didn't realise. They went and grabbed Pete to pray for me. They weren't sure what was happening. <laughs> Others were praying themselves. People were crying from tears of laughter, trying to hold it in. There was one person singing the song they'd never heard before that cannot sing with a microphone in his hand. And I can see people here today who were those leaders, and I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'll be praying for you after. What a mess. Just terrible, terrible. And obviously the legend has continued because just before the service, the worship team were at the back and they said, why don't we sing a song? No music, let's just sing a song before we pray. And they threw around a few people's names who should start it, and not one said me. So <laughs> I have no right to talk about singing. 
Now, Vicky, my wife and I have been out at Bethel at our property at Dolby, for those that don't know it, uh, out at Dolby on the Western Downs, about 40 acres out there that we're renovating. And we've been out there for some time. Our caretaker is up north. And, and unbeknownst, not, not thinking about preaching this morning, but uh, in the nights, we've been watching uh, um, streaming an ABC series. I don't know if anyone's seen it. It's called The Recording Studio. I don't know if anyone's seen it. It is phenomenal. It's this amazing concept. And what they're doing is they're bringing in different people, most of them not professionally trained, first time in a recording studio. And they're bringing in people to sing songs that mean something to them. And it's been, I tell you, and I'm always been a bit of a softy, but, but the tears have been flowing freely. My goodness, it's been powerful. And the power for me, I was trying to get my head around it, and it was the power was partly because songs connect. There's just something inherently powerful about songs. The music, yes, but the lyrics also, when you get to really get to down deep and understand what's going on. And, and it's been powerful to hear the original context of the, of the songs that people are singing. Whoever composed it, whoever wrote it, what it meant to them. But it's been amazing to hear what its meaning is for the people that are singing it in this performance. That they are connecting the, the particular lines or the experiences in their own life that are making these songs. It, it, I tell you, it's been breathtaking. It's been amazing, these stories. And I guess what I'm most conscious of is that there is the story in the song, the lyrics that are telling this story and they sweep you along. There's a story in the song, but it's also been the story of the song. That's what's really captured us. The inspiration for someone to write this song, the experience, the life experience for someone to want to sing this song. A young boy from, from Toowoomba who'd, who'd had a, a heart attack at a footy game and his coach revived him. And this young man wanted to give it as a gift to his coach. That's what it meant to him. And that's been so powerful, the context. And so this morning, I want to share with you from a psalm. And, and I guess I want you to get the psalm's context. We don't always hear that. You, you can feel it in the lyrics. But this one actually, is, it tells us a little bit who wrote it and, and what was going on. And this psalm this morning is Psalm 63. And the context for Psalm 63 says it's a psalm of David. So we know who, who, who wrote it and who, who was the singer, original singer of it. And it says this, a psalm of David regarding a time when David was in the wilderness of Judah. So, so please, as you listen to the lyrics, the opening powerful lyrics of this song, have that context. Think about that. David, God's chosen one, is in the wilderness. On the run, basically. Incredible pressure in his life. Promises that he'd heard about, but now the reality, the consequences that he finds himself in, nothing like what had been promised. Think about that and then listen to his opening line, the lyric from Psalm 63. This is what verse one says. Oh God, you are my God. 
I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. In this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have not glibly chosen that psalm this morning. I I fully understand the Australian context. I'm not a very good singer. I've got no rights to talk about singing, but I do know about dry land. In December, I had an amazing opportunity. I don't often get to go back to my hometown, but I I originally, my my family still, my mum and dad still live in a small town in northwestern New South Wales called Colorinabri. I grew up in that town. And when I went back home, I was a little bit shocked to see the reality of a dry land. And I took a photo from our weir. And this is the Barwon River, and it's been the lifeblood of our town for forever. For that, it was an old Aboriginal settlement in that area before even the town of Colorinabri came. And known for the abundance of fish and known for the life that the river brought, and, and in fact, even for this country. If you look on a map of this country and look at all the rivers, you will essentially see what looks like veins in this country. And it is the lifeblood. And so to go home, and my father's been in Colorinabri in in that area for about 60 years, and he said he's never seen it drier. And to go home and see that, I don't know much about singing, but gee, I know about the reality of a dry and parched land. Even being out of Dolby for Vic and I, just the reality, the daily reality, you can't escape how important water is. And so for for me, hearing David sing like this, I picture a scenario, a scene where water is life and you are desperate for it, searching been fortunate enough to spend some time out in the western desert and to get to know the Aboriginal people out there and one of their particular ways, it's fascinating, but for thousands of years, the way they have navigated, the way they have remembered is in song. So songs are powerful because they bring to mind that we've been talking about that. But for the Walpuri people, they have songs that tell them where to get to the next waterhole. And I don't know if you've ever seen, but but in some of those areas, it's part, part of it is the Western Desert, but even the other areas, sometimes it's this nondescript scene. And for a lot of Aboriginal people, they didn't have Siri to rely on, so you couldn't just put it in and see where to go, turn left here. But the song was the key. And for me, that's powerful because for Walpuri people, for Aboriginal people, the singing was how to remember and the remembering was how to live. That was how important it was. And so as they sung their songs, they would be reminded of the line, the, the, the way to travel to get to the next so-call. So their very lives depended on their ability to remember the song. But that meant they had to trust the song, which means that they had to have hope in the song. It was an act of faith. As they stepped out in the dry and parched areas, they had to have enough faith. They had to keep themselves present of mind enough to sing the songs to take them to the next waterhole so that they might take in life. 
trust and faith, hope and love, the essential elements of these songs. And that's what I hear when David sings his song. When I close my eyes and I picture him in the wilderness, the desert, I hear in him this desperation. Listen to how this song goes. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Can you see David? You might not know exactly what the landscape looked like. We, we don't know exactly where he was when he wrote this, but we get a picture his song tells us, his lyrics are painting this picture of a man that's in a desperate situation, not just physically, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. He's in a dry place. And he says the thirst is overwhelming. In the searching is the thirsting for him. And he's reminded then. See, see, he doesn't do away with that. He doesn't try to play a trick on himself. And I think there's a key for us in that. Sometimes in those difficult situations, whatever that metaphor for you, the desert metaphor, the wilderness, the uncertainty, the darkness, whatever might be true for you at the moment, that place where sometimes what we do as humans is we want to trick ourselves, keep ourselves busy enough that we don't have to think about the wilderness. Keep ourselves occupied and active enough that we don't have to think about the desert. But David does not do that. David acknowledges the reality of his life. And in that place then, he remembers. Look at the, the, the tense that we hear. I earnestly search for you. It's, it's, it's happening right now. He's searching right now. He's thirsting right now. But when he remembers, he says, I have seen. David looks back. And he reminds himself. He remembers and he says, I have seen you. I have known the abundance and then it's almost like that changes the, the whole situation for him. He doesn't ignore his reality. He must be. If there's no water, then there's not good food. And he says, but, but, but your presence is better than life itself. That's what I'm really thirsting for. You feed me with a feast, is what he sings. How I will praise you. How I will lift up my hands. And the song begins to shift. It doesn't, it doesn't ignore 
but it travels through this place to a place of remembrance. And David says, you are a good God. Later on, he'll sing and say, I cling to that. I cling to you, who you are. I know, surely we know what it's like to thirst. Out of Dolby, you can't escape it. It's interesting. It really overwhelmed me. We had some pretty big days and, and um, uh, my wife, Vicky, would get up very early. Um, so 4.30, 5 o'clock, be up. She, told, she said something very interesting to me just in passing. She said, it's like a, a whole different perspective on the day when you get up that early. I wouldn't know. I had to trust her. <laughs> had to have faith. But she said there's a breeze and there's colours. And, and then, you know, by 12 o'clock, of course, it's just so hot. But she said it's like a different perspective on the day. And, and in some versions where we read, it says, I earnestly seek you. In other versions, it says, early I seek you. Powerful. And they were hot days and we're working in sheds and you know, cutting burrs in the paddock. And so my one little treat, and we had um, Larry and Karen Johnson were with us and their kids. And one of my little go-tos, and I've confessed it is, after a hot day, what I love to do is have zuba dupas. Any Zupa Duper fans out there? Yeah, they work really well. Now, I had to confess too, and not did it to their kids as well. I confess that I can't stop at one. <laughs> now, that presents a dilemma. When you're really thirsty, you need a lot of Zupa Dupas. So what happens is I don't want to go inside because I don't know if Larry and Karen's kids should have them. But I want them. But then you've got this dilemma because about on the sixth Zupa Dupa, you've been outside in the heat for about half an hour and so you've really got to weigh up. What are you going to do? Keep having Zupa Dupas in the heat or go inside in the aircon? So it's a dilemma. Pray for me. <laughs> but my goodness, on a hot day, a Zupa Dupa just hits the spot. The thirst, I can feel it now. And there's just a feel that cool, refreshing touch. That is what David is singing about to his God. It's a whole of himself experience. He says, my soul, he talks about his body. He's saying the physical reality is matching the spiritual truth. I am thirsty, God, and there's only one way to quench it. And I'd like to think, and it, I know it seems obvious, and I'm sorry if it's blatantly obvious for those that know scriptures, but when I went to this psalm of 63 and I hear David singing about his thirst for God, it just seemed like the right place to go is to think about Jesus' words about living water. I know it might seem obvious if you know the scriptures, but that, it just makes sense to me. And just as I watched that ABC show where people were sung it originally and then others were connecting with the principle, the, with the lyrics, but expressing it in their time and for their space, I hear the same thing here for Jesus. Listen to what he says in John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. 
When he said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit. There is a mystery to God for me. Many mysteries, many questions that I have. And I'm happy to sit in those. They are wilderness experiences, I acknowledge that. I don't want to pretend like they're not there. I want to openly say that. There's lots of things I don't understand, but I'll tell you one truth that I connect to. Why these lyrics at the start of this song are so powerful to me is I truly believe that I, that we need the Holy Spirit. that the power to live this life the right way in, in, in a way that brings peace and hope and joy and comfort and truth, I totally believe that all those things will be because of that filling up, that welling up of God's own spirit in my life. And I am desperate for it, Bridgie. I am desperate for the filling of the Holy Spirit. And it's not a one-off the only need here that Jesus says, the only requirement, it isn't that you know all the answers, it isn't that you say a particular thing, what is the only thing, the only condition that Jesus puts on this filling? That you know you're thirsty. He's not requiring more effort, he's not requiring a certain thing, he's just saying, do you realise how thirsty And then this incredible, gracious, loving invitation come. Come to me then. And it says, rivers of living water will flow from within your heart. That truth I cling to this morning. I know the physical reality of the thirst. I see it in my own country. I know it in my own physical being but my soul thirsts for the spirit of the living God. In the message version, it says, in your generous love, I am really living at last. In your generous love, I am really living at last. And I really like that lyric, the overflow, the abundance, the generosity the grace of this love that is being ready. It, it's there for us, waiting to be tapped into. Are you thirsty this morning? I, I realise some of you mightn't be into singing. That's okay, I get it. I've been there, I'm there. But are you into the searching and the thirsting this morning? And Nathan and I spoke before the, the service this morning and, and we thought, I know, a bit cliched again, I guess, but this new year, I could think of nothing I would pray for myself or for you more than that you would be filled with that living river, that flowing river, that abundance, that stream that rises up, that is the Spirit of God for you. For 2020, I could think of nothing better for you than to thirst for him this morning to long for the Spirit's indwelling. The song that the team are going to sing is Living Hope and I invite you to look at those lyrics and think about how they connect to you, this song that we're singing today. But I want you to think about this Psalm 63. 
thirsting for God. And this morning we do. We, Nathan and I spoke and we said it might be the right time for a response if that's for some people. And so there's some oil that we've got down the front this morning. Oil represents an anointing, a preparation, a getting ready. And so all I'm asking you this morning is search your spirit. Are you thirsty for, for God's spirit this morning? For 2020, is this, I can think of no more generous, no more amazing way to start your year than to thirst and to be filled by the Spirit of God. And so if that's especially for you, then we invite you during the song to come forward. We'll anoint you. We might pray for you if that's uh, some words for you. But this anointing act is you acknowledging your thirst. And we come to Jesus and we're trusting that he will do what he said he'll do. Come to me, anyone who is thirsty, anyone who believes, come and drink this morning. Let's pray. Eternal God, I haven't sung this morning, but I have spoken. And I guess the, if I was to put a title to my lyrics this morning, Lord, it would be thirsting for the overflowing. And you know that to be true for me. I'm desperate. I need your spirit. And for others who are gathered here this morning in the reality of their circumstances, for some, they understand that wilderness For others, it's the desert. For some, it's the night. But but it's these situations and circumstances, uncertainty that comes. And as an act of faith, of hope, we remember what you've said. David said, I have seen your glory and your power. I know it to be true. I need it. Jesus said, come be filled so I just pray that amongst your people here the ones that you love with a generous love that we won't hold back because you won't and for any that are in circumstances Lord not just in this auditorium not just to hear this but across this entire country and the world that you have created and loved fill us may the reality of the spirits overflow Overwhelm us in Jesus' name. Amen. The band are going to come. We're going to sing this song. As Billy mentioned, there's an opportunity to be prayed for at the start of a year. What a great, as Billy said, what a perfect opportunity to be prayed for, anointed. Um, you might be stepping into something new this year and saying, God, I want you to lead me. I want you to fill me for this that you've called me to for the year ahead. Uh, maybe it is a challenging circumstance in the midst of saying, God, I want you to equip me, help me. Um, you might be here individually to be prayed for, or maybe here as a couple or as a family even. We'd love just to pray God's blessing over you for 2020, just to anoint you this morning, pray God's blessing for you as you step into this new year, knowing that He is with you, that He is for you. It's a great opportunity to respond this morning. So why don't we stand together? Let's jump on our feet. We'll have um, the pastors down the front. Some of our prayer team might come and help as well to pray. And we'd love just to anoint you, pray for you briefly, ask a blessing for 2020 and then um, continue to worship together. Let's do that now.
Well, Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. We can seek after you this morning. And I pray your blessing on each and every one. For those who continue to come to be prayed for, but for each and every one here this morning, we thank you that we can trust you. We look to you, great God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Please continue to come forward for prayer. We'll keep praying down the front here um, as well. Don't forget our kids' program will be wrapping up shortly. God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us today.